What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius Malbro here with another Data Protection Gumbo episode. And this one is titled, How to Build a Successful Backup-as-a-Service Business. And to drop these tasty ingredients, I have Niraj and Anuj Medarita on the show. And so Niraj Medarita is currently the CEO of Ace Data Devices, and Anuj is currently the founder and CTO of Ace Data Devices. And so Anuj started Ace Data back in the 90s as a computer hardware, software, peripherals, and consumables vendor with specialization in data protection, storage, backup, and disaster recovery. And today, Gumbo listeners, Niraj and Anuj will be sharing their story on how they built a very successful backup-as-a-service business that is standing the test of time. Also, how tape is still not dead yet, and some interesting stories about ransomware when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Gumbo listeners, this episode is brought to you in part by... OS Nexus is an industry leader in software-defined storage, helping you maximize storage platforms like Ceph and OpenZFS. Choose the easy way to manage your storage and reduce cost with less effort. Go to osnexus.com slash try now and mention Data Protection Gumbo to get an expanded community edition license now. Welcome to the Gumbo, Niraj and Anuj. How are you? We're good. Thank you, Dimitris. So... Let's start at the top. So what is Ace Data and why did you guys start the company or, or Anuj, why did you start the company? And I know later on, Niraj, you came on board as well. I always wanted to be on my own. And uh, with my high school, I had uh, done some study on uh, software development and the languages COBOL and FoxPro at that time. So I started uh, developing uh, software utilities for uh, my customers. There was a share broker. There was a transporter, and that's how I started. And slowly started adding the the other uh, components of IT, from consumables to servers, networks, and finally into data protection. Okay, so th- th- so that that seems like a fantastic transition. That uh, when you started, I'm, I'm assuming you started very small, and at that time you saw a certain trend or pattern that it's a good idea to capture uh, this particular. Uh, industry and protect data and storage and backup and disaster recovery and even computer hardware. What what types of trends were you seeing then that made you really want to start the company though? So when we when we started the company, uh, uh, the, the at that point the trend was you know it was more the passion for doing some business on our own uh, jumped into it. And Anuj was developing softwares for uh, companies like. Uh, as he just mentioned, a garment exporter, a share broker. And, and and those days, his core skill was around Microsoft Access. And Microsoft Access, but in the times of Windows 95, you know, running it was in itself a, a, a big issue. So software was uh, coming up, but then it was not. So, so just we thought, you know, because uh, when the software will sell, we will do it. But we started selling hardware along, wherein which included consumables, uh, uh, printers, stationery, servers, and PCs. And we were a HP partner uh, in early 90s. I'm talking of HP, which was uh, pre the merger uh, with Compaq. And interestingly, you know, in, 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 in the midst of 2000, 
storage was looking uh, was coming up as a new line of business you know pre pre that time it was more of part of a server or part of a, a desk or you know jboards were more common but they were they were always bought along with a server so so that is where we uh, we we thought that you know since this being a new line of business and and being in that business at that point in time uh, and 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 being a very nimble size you you always got bullied down by by larger vendors when when it came to uh, selling pcs or servers because uh, you couldn't match up to their size and scale so uh, so we thought you know why not acquire certain skills having a background of software development acquire certain skills around this new line of business which is storage and, and and try and see if we can differentiate and that was a very good decision i would say you know there have been mentors who who actually guided us also in that space uh, wherein you know when we acquired those skills and hp was the only company at that time in india who was having this as a line of business so we 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 got those days they used to call them hp star certified mm. so i took trainings in uh, the sales side of it uh, Uh, learning about uh, tape libraries and uh, unix servers because at that time it was all around hp ux when when things was and then anuj acquired the implementation skills and the other technical solution skills and that's where we started talking to our customers and and talking about how storage would help them uh, improve the performance of their applications and how storage would help them uh, you know uh, match up to the growth of uh, the data and that's you know that was a game changer for us when we when we started talking to people and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we realized those only customers who in front of whom we got bullied down with larger vendors they started talking to us more seriously and then and and that made that encouraged us and we kept gradually getting deeper 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 into it and and actually stopped doing everything else which we were doing till that point of time mm-hmm. and then then came the data protection so mm-hmm. uh data protection for us actually started much earlier because you know we used to sell those dat tapes and uh, dat drives to customers but they used to come to us as a as a peripheral supplier saying you know i want this device and you supply me this we never knew knew that how, where is it heading toward mm-hmm. and if you look at our uh, our brand also you know ace data i don't know that time definitely this was not on thought that we will keep our we'll be doing a data business in 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 a in a while from now but yes it it's all divine that you know the name also came out as is data wow. devices so and when this happened so so uh, a customer started saying you know i need to protect my data and that's where you know there were only two three core players at that time emc networker uh, net backup from uh, veritas and your ibm uh, tivoli so 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 uh, when we uh, when we saw that market we saw that uh, tivoli ibm was well represented by their large set of partners same was the case with veritas being the market leader legato was the actually the product at that point who was finding feet in in india and they they said we'll extend our uh, our support to you in giving you trainings giving you uh, customer support and and if you can if you can acquire our skill it will be a good handy handy stuff for us and that's where we got into that and we we started talking to customers on backup i think that was that was the major change of coming to storage prior to that we had sold symmetrix boxes we had sold hp hp 512 class of boxes which were the high end enterprise storages but then they were also around an oem but the moment we started talking backup you know it it all of a sudden happened that you know we were one of the one of the large market in uh, who was talking backup and was really concerned about the customer that's where we brought in our 
service capabilities, ensuring that, you know, it was not only about backup, but it was about recovery. It was about the right troubleshooting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got into it. And, 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 and uh, that's where the journey for backup started. I think this was uh, somewhere in, in the midst of 2000s, uh, 2004, I would say, 2000, late 2003, early 2004. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like you both have an amazing story in that you've built a very successful business. One thing that stood out that you, you did mention that there were some mentors that, you know, helped guide you along the way because starting starting a company, especially around um, computer hardware, software, and storage and data protection, it's it's a little bit challenging. And there's also a couple of major vendors out there that you have to sort of compete with. Um, you also mentioned tape. So, you know, one thing that people think that that tape is dead and tape is not growing. So are, are you still working with companies that have uh, physical tape? If so, you know, what, what are you doing with the tapes with, with these customers? So while, you know, there's so much of talk around tape is dead, tape is not going, you know, uh, a lot of companies we work with, the likes of EMC and all, they always have anti-tape uh, campaigns being run. But but uh, but what we see that most of uh, most of the companies, you know, they still have tape. You know, there is still still that uh, element of uh, having a physical uh, backup on on a particular tape, uh, despite all these all these uh, stories and 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 the challenges around tape wherein people feel that, you know, they are more secure when they have the tape sitting in their own vault. You know, maybe maybe the, the newer technologies are able to answer it well, but still. But yes, the bigger challenge with tapes today, what I, what I come across, and this has helped us uh, build our service as well, is that people who, who have these tapes sitting in their uh, uh, vaults, uh, physical vaults, uh, the locker rooms, are maybe 8 years, 10 years, 15 years old. And depending on the need for their compliance, they have to retain them because uh, auditor may come someday or at least from the compliance, they need to retain those many number of tapes. But but what has happened is over the years, the tape technology also has advanced a bit. You know, when we started this journey, it was DAT, DAT 2 and DAT 4. Today, we are talking of LTO 7, 8, 9 kind of technologies. Wherein, and in this period, I think there would have been certain technologies which came in and went like DLTs or SDLTs. So so people who still have those tapes uh, being backed up in, in the early 2010 or uh, uh, onwards or maybe prior to that, uh, find it difficult to recover from those tapes because neither those devices are available nor those software versions which were used to back up those devices. And one of, we are working with one of a very big uh, consulting company here who's backed up these on Windows NT native. You know, now... Uh, how do you set those windows anti native servers today is is in itself is a big challenge so that is where you know we pre- created a service of ourselves wherein we kind of you know engage with a customer we get his old tapes we because of our own uh, background of this for last almost about 20 years we get in we find out those old versions we find out those old technologies uh, sometimes on rental sometimes we have the stocks available in our warehouses which earlier we thought was junk but today all of a sudden this junk has become very valuable for us so so what we do we set up a lab for them recover those tapes move it if they want to keep it locally we move it to a, a storage provided by them or we simply uh, migrate this into a aws glacier sort of depending on what their recovery needs are then we qualify this into a hot warm and cold kind of data you know it depends if somebody wants to have a, a, a as a part of the current uh, backup practice we make it a hot data so that the recovery is also as good as uh, it's it's a back it's a backup taken day before 
right and then uh, if if somebody says you know i may require it within within a short period of time and the recovery time available would be very less so we put it into a warm state we archive it put in on, on a on a s3 kind of a thing using a archival uh, technology or in case if it is a long term retention thing which is just for compliance we push it to a glacier or a deep a deep archive glacier so it it uh, it qualifies under the right cost parameters and the right recovery uh, objective of a customer so that's how that's how we are dealing with customers on tape Okay. Yeah. Great. So you're you're saying tape is not dead. You are still seeing uh, several companies, or maybe a ton of companies that that still have physical tape because tape still has a place, in my opinion. You know, just from a security perspective, and you know, people use tape as part of air gap solutions, and you know, they just want to have that extra protection that's disconnected from the network, especially with things that are happening right now in the world around uh, ransomware, etc. So you also mentioned compliance. And so from a compliance perspective, what, what advice would you give to companies still struggling to comply and protect their data according to some of the regulations that, that are out there today, like for financial services companies or HIPAA uh, from a healthcare industry uh, for P- or PCI data from a financial services? So as, as you rightly mentioned, you know, compliance is one of one of the key drivers for this data retention, uh, you know, because uh, once uh, a data being generated, you know, f- uh, we work with a, a very strong uh, uh, compliance requirement, which is in the pharmaceutical sectors. The pharmaceutical manufacturers, they, they have to follow a, a, a compliance uh, need of US FDA. Now, uh, they have a very strong guideline saying how you should keep your data for how long you should protect. It is actually... Now, from the time the drug is uh, drug is a kind of uh, invented, you know, and the trials are done, from there on to about fifteen years to thirty years, depending on different kind of types of drugs, they need to uh, retain that data. Now that's where uh, USFDA in their periodic audits every 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 two years, every four years, they can come back and ask for data for last ten years, which uh, pharmaceutical companies have to produce, and and to keep that. The tapes have really not been able to take care of that because if if uh, if a FDA auditor comes after ten years and asks for a ten year old data, it it becomes very very difficult. In fact, one of our clients we noticed, you know, they had some data written on CDs and DVDs, and somebody actually forgot where the CDs and DVDs were. You know, so uh, and and then once you have those CDs and DVDs, how would you play them? Because today that has also become sort of a uh, non-available device, you know, so so that's where uh, for compliance needs, uh, depending on what US FDA is asking. You know, today if you if you really look at the length of the compliance in this in the sense of for the period it needs to be retained and what does it mean for recovery? Let's say they ask, you know, I I don't want to change the timestamps, I don't want to, you know, because the auditor will only say I need data for January two thousand. Mm. Now if if it is January two thousand, they expect that the data was backed up then and there was a there was a timestamp to that because otherwise so, uh, one would say that this data is the same data. So in the current times, you know, when uh, when the need for compliance doesn't go off, in fact, it is becoming with the with the way the markets are, it is become even more stricter and, and stringent to follow. Uh, and, and cloud comes as a as a real good uh, alternate to a tape technology. So if if the if the customer is using a cloud backup with, with multiple copies, you know, have your one copy on one location, the other on the secondary location be, uh, using replication. So it meets the criteria of two, 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 two point DR strategy. And also 
there are uh, the the timestamps and everything is maintained so that way uh, cloud technology really helps as against the tape technology wherein you are you, you don't know whether those tapes will work when when it is required after 10 years from now or you will be able to actually recover it or not okay and you you also have a backup as a service platform and i guess which which backup softwares do you use to to manage your client's data and what what are some of the things that that they can do to actually kind of assist you guys when when you're when you let's say you take on a new customer uh, on your backup as a service platform can can you walk us through some of the things that that they may have to do in order to successfully transition onto your your platform okay so this software platform that we use comes from a toronto based company called asigra they uh, they are pioneers in cloud uh, backup solution and uh, uh, it provides a lot of uh, features in terms of like this being an agentless uh, product where you know you are not required to install a software on every server so you can have a central server with the software which can talk locally collect the data from the entire data center and through a single firewall port it goes goes to the cloud so you don't need to open up too much of your firewall on each of the production servers and and the load of deduplication compression encryption is not put on those servers so that's one of the very very good features uh, to start with because when you want to send data to cloud you don't want uh, too many application and production systems to be exposed to cloud and uh, doing a lot of processing on these uh, processes like deduplication and uh, compression okay great so so you mentioned dedupe and i i haven't talked about deduplication in, in, in quite some time. And I don't hear other people talking about it a lot either. Is, is that still a, a hot topic out there? Are, are you hearing a lot of people still talk, talk about dedupe ratios and, you know, how much, how much uh, money you can save as far as, you know, how much you can dedupe, et cetera? I'm not hearing that anymore. See, over a period of time, dedupe has become something as a, as a standard uh, thing now in backups. You know? mm-hmm. Now you don't expect a backup solution to come without dedupe. So maybe that is the reason why it is no more that hot a topic uh, uh, for our customer. You know, we, any anyone you talk to, it is understood that your software should be able to dedupe and compress the data. So. Right, yeah. So, it, so it's more of an afterthought that everyone has to have it now and it's just a part of the, uh, the backup solution automatically now and the storage solution. Yes, yes. All right. So, um, Naraj or Anuj, tell me, I guess, have you ran across any customers that needed recovery during, I guess, due to a ransomware attack? Do you have any stories for me? Well, yes, we did had uh, several cases in the last couple of years where our customers had uh, faced the ransomware uh, attack. And uh, we were able to recover the data successfully for all of them. In fact, uh, I remember one... uh, electrical fitting manufacturer who lost his SQL databases and uh, we recovered it overnight. So actually the the actual management didn't even uh, come to know about it in the sense that there was no business loss. They they had an attack at around uh, 7 in the evening and the data was restored before the, the plant started the next morning. So they didn't even have a data loss there. And we had it once for a pharma company where while we were monitoring the backups, we called them up and said that, you know, we see something strange happening because there was uh, too much of data and strange file names coming up trying to get it back then. and they immediately checked their network and uh, we saw some sort of a uh, you know encryption happening there and we disconnected the backups we isolated that server from their local network which actually ensured that the ransomware uh, attack does not penetrate too deep in their network 
And for a while, they thought that their data is lost because that server did have issues. But uh, by the time they isolated their servers, we ensured that uh, you know no, no traces of infection are there on our side. And we helped them recover the entire server back from the previous successful version of the backup. All right, let, let's roll into the, the final gumbo closing question. So I, I asked this question, and actually this is a new one. Uh, I was asking a previous question of each guest, but this is a brand new one. I, was, I thought of this question as I was jogging the other morning and said, you know what, I need, to, I need to change the question up. So here's the question. So what, what makes you frustrated or angry enough that you would consider standing in front of a data center and protesting about it until there's change? Uh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm just wondering if, if there's anything that does frustrate uh, uh, like that because most of the time we are able to find solutions to, you know, we, we back up very strange environments for our customers. We have a few customers uh, uh, running on a database called Mumps, you know, and uh, even that is getting backed up and recovered, by the way, and that's, a, uh, that's being used by a hospital. So, uh, and uh, so uh, it's difficult to find out what really frustrates. Sometimes the only thing is that if the uh, the kind of uh, uh, bandwidth link available between the customer environment and your environment is not as good enough to satisfy the recovery speed is something that occasionally you feel, you know, that it could have been better. But then we have a very good feature in our software which allows us to retain local copies. You know, and uh, both in terms of keeping backups 100% local or keeping uh, uh, the latest one on local and the older one on cloud. So in both the cases, we are able to recover the immediately required data very quickly. And uh, in our solution, we are not dependent on any appliances that we have to, you know, to, to give a local copy to the customer. Do we need to buy a specific hardware or anything? No, it's like plain vanilla server they provide with some extra disk and uh, they can keep local copies. So uh, that's the only thing. Uh, sometimes we feel that, you know, if the bandwidths are really very good, uh, like currently we are doing a, a, a user. So you spoke about users. So I thought sharing this story. So we are working with a, with a client who's backing up uh, almost about 500 odd uh, desktops and laptops of their, themselves. They're a financial services company. And uh, what was strange in them was that they have uh, legacy PST sitting on all those desktops and laptops. Now each PST is is 20 GB, the Microsoft limitation thing, and they have multiples of them uh, sitting over the years. Now every time the backup starts and the user comes out and he has to do something else, he plugs it off and and goes off. So that that is that has been a challenge, and you know, uh, bandwidth is one of the one of the core reasons, especially when it comes to user backup. You know, when it comes to servers, then you have to set it up, you do it that way. But when it comes to users, you know, the user behavior itself comes uh, comes in between these two things as well. So uh, these are these are certain challenges which are uh, which are a, a real uh, requirement to solve. Yeah, and definitely bandwidth is not free, and sometimes it's a it's a it's a a tricky thing that something you can't see or touch right it's uh, one of those kind of like a spiritual thing right it's you just have to have faith in the bandwidth in india it's a famous saying I, I just want to add this there you know we, we call something called uh, jugar you know which is which is find, finding out finding out something you know I, i'll send you this word and uh, what is the meaning of this in india here 
and and you know every time something goes wrong and something happens and we say how would we know the god is there you know so god has to show that he's he's around so so that's a very famous saying here you know that means god is god is some somewhere you know so yeah and that would become one of the one one of the hidden hidden stuff which he exercises yeah yeah absolutely so Thank you both for being on Data Protection Gumbo. It has been awesome learning about Ace Data and also learning a bit about you both as well. So um, you, you both have a fantastic week. And until next time, take care. Thank, Thank you. You too. So have a great week and see you next time. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast. Also, sign up for our newsletter that we'll be debuting in a few weeks and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.